0: How do you determine whether what you're hearing is from God? Today in the Hearing God series, you'll hear how you can be better at recognizing God's voice so that you can follow him without hesitation. This is the Brookwood Church Sunday Message Podcast. Today's episode, Recognizing God's Voice. Here's founding senior pastor, Perry Duggar.
1: The word of God will speak. Have you experienced that? We continue our message series, Hearing God. This morning we focus on recognizing God's voice. If you take out your program, particularly the outline part, you will see what I've chosen for today out of the book of Job. For God speaks again and again, though people do not recognize it. Now as we've covered in this series, God communicates in various ways not only with an audible voice, but also through the spirit within from the Bible, angels appearing and carrying a message, godly people speaking to you for God. You receive messages through dreams and visions and even through signs and circumstances. So the methods vary according to the message's content and the identity of the recipient. It seems, at least it seems to me, That the more spectacular methods, the burning bush, the talking donkey, visions as such, are used more often to gain the attention of the less mature recipients. Or sometimes the person may be mature, but they're resistant about a certain topic. And so these more spectacular, more forceful measures, those measures that cannot be denied are often used. I think that the more experienced we are at communicating with God, the more likely he is to speak through his spirit to our inner spirit. And that includes speaking from the Bible by illuminating some passage we're reading and applying it in a supernatural way to our understanding as we read. To seek to hear God, we have to believe something about God. We must believe that God wants to and attempts to communicate with each of us personally to share his thoughts and purposes, to tell you his plans. Do you think God tries to communicate with you? Oh, no wonder. That's why people don't hear. Do you think God is interested in communicating with you? Because if you don't, you will never recognize what he's saying. I'm convinced he does. Because I think that individualized communication is essential to have a personal relationship with him, just as it is to have one with anyone else, especially an intimate relationship. The Bible shows us that God addresses his followers in specific and personal ways. He spoke to Elijah the prophet when Elijah was extremely discouraged. He was exhausted. He was lonely. He felt abandoned by God, and he was afraid for his life after a wicked queen threatened to kill him. What was her name? Don't give that name to your child. You can give it to a cat. You know you can't trust cats. (laughs) We're going to look at 1 Kings, God speaking to Elijah. In In this Bible available here, it's on page 296. At verse 11, chapter 19 of 1 Kings. Go out and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord told him. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by, and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the mountain, was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was the sound of a gentle whisper. We know it is what? Most of us don't refer to it as a gentle whisper. We refer to it as what? A still, small voice. A still, small voice. God demonstrated great power. He possessed great power. But He spoke to a discouraged prophet gently, with compassion, with understanding, because He knew His prophet's state of mind. I believe from the teaching of Scripture that God does want to be involved in our lives. I believe that he enables us to to communicate with him so that he, he equips us to hear and to understand him clearly. But he speaks with an understanding of who we are and particularly who we are at a particular time and place. Those of us who think that God always speaks in a harsh tone, some of us even say we enjoy, quote, having our toes stepped on. That's more from within us than it is from God, in my opinion. Because God speaks to you in a way you can receive with an understanding of who you are, including your entire history. Now, it can be difficult to discern because when the Spirit speaks within, the Spirit sounds a lot like us. When God speaks to me, he has a southern accent. And you say, well, that that means it's just you thinking. No, not necessarily, because think about this. The prophets in the Old Testament were moved by the Spirit to speak but they spoke with their own voices. So as they spoke, you had to discern that it was not that prophet talking, but it was God's Spirit speaking through that prophet. And so we have to learn when the Spirit speaks within, how to discern that it's not our own thoughts. How can we confirm that what we think is truly from God. How do we sort out what's from Him and what's from us? Especially when it arrives as an inner voice or even as an impression. Here's some questions we can ask to confirm that a message that we have received or think we've received is actually from God. First, does the message I received in whatever form, communicate like God? In other words, does it sound like him? John 10. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them, and they follow him because they know his voice. Does it sound like God? Also, John 10:27. the same thing in the same passage. Now, I, I don't know this personally. My grandfather raised cows and hogs, and so I know what it is to go, Soo-ee. how many of y'all ever slopped the hogs? Hold them up, hold them up, be proud. Yes, yes. And so they'll come to your, I don't know if it's the voice or they know that the food's coming. I don't know, what, but, but I've read that sheep would often be grazed in a pasture particularly, you know, in the, um, what we call the Holy Land in Israel, and there would be sheep from a lot of different flocks. And when a particular shepherd would call his sheep, only his sheep would leave because they knew the shepherd's voice. Sheep learn their shepherd's voice by hearing it repeatedly. Repeatedly by gaining familiarity with it. They can distinguish it from other shepherds. And so we can learn to recognize God's voice. But it takes some time. And it takes some time in his presence, learning the sound of his voice. You know people's voices, don't you? You know, I've noticed, y'all know I'm 65 and it's interesting, as you get a little older, old friends start calling. Is that true? Has that happened to you? Old college friends. I had a bunch of fraternity brothers. And, and they'll circle back. Well, when one of them calls, I don't ever say, who is this? Because I know these voices. I lived with these men, you know, for four years. I heard them on an almost daily basis. And even though it may have been decades since I've spoken with them, I still recognize their voices. And so do you. I maintain that we can learn to recognize God's voice in a similar way. But our recognition of God's voice, his message, isn't merely an auditory or an intellectual exercise. It's actually a spiritual awakening. To identify voices, here's here's several things to think about as you're listening. And I I don't think this comes immediately, and I don't think it comes easily. It will require practice. You agree with that? Consider the quality of the voice, the weight, the impact. The power. Consider the spirit of the voice. Does it convey a sense of peace and confidence? Of calmness and reassurance? Does it, does it convey the personality of Jesus? Think on the content. Is it consistent with biblical truths? And I'll touch this again. And is it different, distinct from my own ideas that's a real strong clue that this thought is not one I would have conjured up if you remember last week I read one of the um, ladies writing in her story of hearing from God and she said that God told her to go apologize to her sister-in-law and she wrote this was not anything I was thinking and it wasn't anything she had planned to do so when you hear something that cuts cross grain with what you're thinking, it might come from a godly source. What's the tone of the voice you hear? Does it convey peace or panic? Because God's never panicked. What's the nature? See, he's calling now. What, what's the nature of the voice? Is it encouraging, not condemning? Does it communicate a calm joy, not alarm or fright? And so, in keeping with all that, think of who God is and who He is to you. And so, when you're reflecting on what you're hearing, I think it's crucial, it's essential, it's fundamental that you remember that God loves you. 1 John 4:16. We know how much God loves us. And we have put our trust in His love. God is love, and all who live in love live in God. And God lives in them. Also, Verses 7 through 10 of that same chapter. God's communications to his children, if that's what you are, will always be guided by his love for you. So he'll provide you strength. He'll offer encouragement, not criticism, scorn, ridicule, shame. Does he speak honestly? Yes, but he pairs honesty with hope. Well, you're saying that God doesn't ever correct us? No, I didn't say that at all. God does correct us, but his discipline is like the discipline of any good parent. It's motivated by love. Surely you wouldn't discipline your children out of anger or wrath. That's not appropriate discipline. It should be motivated by love, to keep us from danger, to drive out complacency, to urge us toward integrity and away from hypocrisy. I know this, I mean, you know, there aren't many of you in this room older than me, Roland is, but those of us that were disciplined by a cruel parent you don't have to volunteer. I was, not my mother, godly, blessed, but father. Do you think that made me behave better? Does anybody know? No, you get, you're disciplined by a cruel parent. It makes you meaner and sneakier. You get better at not being caught. But it doesn't cause you to obey at all. Because we obey God out of love, not out of fear. Now, now, you may be intimidated into obeying, being obeying as a child, but just wait till you get out of sight. I mean, you know what? I was the, I was the class valedictorian of the elementary school. And I was spanked 32 times just in the sixth grade. I spent more time in the hall than any child. They couldn't figure it out. They thought, this child has some kind of psychological upset because he has the best grades and the worst behavior. And this combined. Those usually don't go together. I used to go in the, you know, even in junior high, I'd walk into the school. Here my parents are. They're in there for a conference. It was not fun being me growing up. When God speaks to us about our sins... He's motivated by love. So he's specific. And he directs us to turn from harmful habits. That's what repentance is. Because sin damages our lives. Because sin disturbs our relationship with him. I mean... Because of his love, we all know this. We know these verses. Because of love, God sent his son to die for our sins. And that death completely extinguished his wrath. Was any left? None. No wrath was left. So he wants us to experience a life of freedom, satisfaction, peace, fulfillment. Those of you that think God's always mad with you and God shames you and God criticizes you, that's coming out of you. It's not coming out of him. For him to discipline you cruelly, shamefully, after he's already disciplined Jesus for you, lessons. The death of his son. And he will never do that. Well I might get off. Yeah you might. You might not get all the punishment you deserve. That's exactly right. You know what we call that? That's grace. That's what grace is. As you try to discern God's voice. Listen God's values. God cares about spreading good news, for one thing, to establish his kingdom. So you might hear him encourage you to reach out to someone. A man wrote, yes, which is an answer to the question, have you heard God speak? Someone, and he names him, was sharing with me about their loved one who had cancer. I really didn't know where his faith was, and I heard God say, pray for him. I ignored it, but kept talking to him. I heard God say again, pray for him. I ignored God again. I heard God say for the third time, pray for him. Finally, I thought, I guess I better pray for him. I asked him, Can I pray for you? And he names him, of course. And he said, yes. I walked around my work desk. This was on the job. Put my hand on his shoulder and prayed. He just sobbed. The next day he came back and said he felt that prayer, and so did his loved one struggling with cancer. This led me, and he puts in parentheses, opened the door, provided opportunity, to inviting him to the Christmas program the one here. He came. He eventually gave his life to Christ. And he thanks me often. If I hadn't listened to God and prayed, he might still be living his life without Christ. I'm so glad I didn't miss out on this one. Loving God, growing to know him personally helps us recognize his voice because we become familiar with its sound and its subjects. Know this, God is concerned about your individual spiritual growth. He cares about your personal life and he cares about the growth of his kingdom here on earth. So, how about it? Do you know what God's voice sounds like? You can with practice. I've told you before, I could not recognize God's voice until years into ministry. So, don't be embarrassed or frustrated. Keep calling out, keep listening, keep practicing. Does the message I receive conflict with the Bible? is the next question to ask. John 17. Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. The Bible's true. It accurately reflects God's thoughts, God's purpose, his agenda, and his standards. God doesn't change. He will never contradict his written word, the Bible. What's right and what's wrong morally is based on God's character. It's recorded in the Bible. It's not based on shifting societal standards or an unstable cultural consensus, which we, let's be honest. We don't know what the cultural consensus is, and we should not be listening to media because they are not telling us truth, in my opinion, We hear things like, our society has evolved on this issue. We don't know that. God God hasn't evolved on any issue. God knew the entire lifespan of every one of us before any of us were ever created. He knew the end of the world before he began the beginning there are no new events. there are no new developments. There are no new circumstances. God has no insight, no new insight. He can't mature. No one informs him of something he was unaware of. God knows all. So if you think that you hear God say, "Go ahead, it's OK about a matter that the Bible forbids, you can be sure you are listening to your own desires or, worse, a demonic source. 2 Timothy 3. All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip His people to do everything every good work. Put simply, there is no expiration date on his revelation. What God says will always be true because it reflects who he is. It's and he'll always be consistent. What he tells you will always be consistent with the truth he has already revealed through the Bible, through his word. So whenever you think you, whatever you think you hear from God will be consistent with what he's already revealed. And that includes his plan for each of us and for this world. A person wrote, My first time hearing God was at a prayer retreat. A pastor had invited me to go on a mission trip to Uganda. I wasn't interested, but during my quiet time, I had a strong thought pop into my head that wouldn't go away. I am calling you to Uganda. I was startled and responded by telling God that if that truly was him, I needed confirmation. That night during prayer group, group prayer, we were being silent before the Lord when one of the leaders said he had a scripture for someone. It was Romans 6, 8, which I'll read. Then I heard the Lord asking, whom should I send as a messenger to his people? Who will go for us? I said, here I am. Send me. As I read it, I began to cry because I knew that was my confirmation. The result was that I indeed went to Uganda on this short-term trip and the Lord completely paid for it. Do you make sure that the perceived messages from God always agree with His Word? Does the message I received complement my shape? That's the next one, the next question. Ephesians chapter 2. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. So we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. God planned a purpose for your life. Do you believe that? You're not living just some random um, experience. He designed you especially to fulfill that specific plan. See, God created each of us physically, intellectually, emotionally, and spiritually. As Ephesians said, he he renewed us when we were born again. But even before he gave us spiritual life through regeneration, through being born again, he had already knit us together together within our mother's wombs, physically, intellectually, and emotionally. Nothing's an accident about you. God designed and crafted each of us for tasks that he devised us to fulfill. Then he calls us to those assignments. This this is Explained many places in the scripture, but notably Psalms 139. It's also in Job 10. It's also briefly stated in Jeremiah 1. God knew us in our mother's womb. He put his thumbprint on us right there. If you think you hear God calling you to a specific function, it should fit your shape. So what does shape mean? Not your... You know vital statistics, but shape is an acronym, and it stands for spiritual gifts, heart, abilities, personality, and experience. Spiritual gifts are supernatural enablements. When you're born again, there's some some uh, competencies that you receive by the Spirit. Heart signifies your passion. Your motivations, your desires, your interest, Abilities refers to skills and interest. I mean talents, skills and talents. Personality is your, your, your unique composition of characteristics and qualities. And experience includes those past participations of various kinds that you were involved in. And when God gives you an assignment, it should line up with the way you were formed. A woman wrote, I had my own business that wasn't very successful because I wasn't fulfilled in what I was doing. I went home one afternoon and prayed, asking God what I should do. I thought about going back to school to get a better paying job or just searching the web for a good paying job. I knew that my heart was working with kids, but that profession is not very high-paying. High and I wanted to feel I was helping my family and not causing us to struggle. Just as clear as if someone had spoken directly to me, I heard in my head, I can't bless you if you are not in your purpose. I found a part-time job working with kids until I could sell my business. I have been working with children ever since then. And me and my husband have also been foster parents for the last four years. And yes, God has not broken his promise. Though times have been hard sometimes, we have been truly blessed. When you have an impression from God, that you, that one that you think is from him, ask yourself, is this consistent with how God has shaped me? You know, we, we have a class. There are classes called Shape using that acronym. Here at Brookwood, we don't use that one. We use one called Place, which is also an acronym. And you, you can find it advertised or you can gain, get information if you'd like to be part of that class. I don't think God will call you to something that will make you miserable. Now, y'all, can, here, here's where you can step away from me. I don't think God calls you somewhere you can't succeed. For example, and I have heard this a few times, if, if God calls you to be a worship leader, you will be able to play something or sing or at least read music. I mean, our, our two lead musicians there, do you think God's calling me to lead worship, Joe or Brantley? What do you think, Brantley? Brantley. What do you think, Joe? You can't even say it. It's too laughable. But I hear people, and so do you. We hear people who say, oh, I'm called to be a worship leader. Can't sing a note. They're not better than me. If God calls you to something, he equips you for that something. That's not to say you don't have to grow in it. Here's the next question. Does the message I received convey wisdom? Ephesians 5. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Now the word wisdom, I'll stop there in the middle of this verse, but the word wisdom is sophos. And it means having specialized knowledge knowledge. Resulting in skill for accomplishing some purpose. So wisdom is knowledge, yes. But it's the ability to use the knowledge effectively. So don't act thoughtlessly. But understand what the Lord wants you to do. Wisdom is knowing how to use knowledge. You put it simply. I think a fair synonym is just... It's having common sense, which is not all that common sometimes. (laughs) I think there's more to that statement. (laughs) Direction from God from whatever method will be wise. Put simply, it'll make sense. If you think God is telling you to buy a house, you can't possibly afford be careful. That's not wise. It doesn't. I'm not saying, and it doesn't mean that God will never call you into anything risky that requires faith. He certainly will. I think He puts us in places where we must rely on Him to sustain us. But some things make no sense. You know, like moving to a third. Thorough- third world country when you have a serious medical condition that cannot be treated there you know when Leanne and I came here with two small children who now have small children it was risky but we had enough money from a number of sources to live one year one year and I told her that I would work as hard as I could and begin, try to begin this church. But in nine months, if we saw that we would not make it, then I would either I would apply and see if there was another church job for me somewhere or we would move back to Georgia and I'd practice law again. So it wasn't unwise. We didn't head out for South Carolina with no funds, no way to make money we had a running start. Risky, yes. Faith requiring, yes, but not lacking in common sense. Now, you could say, well, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to just trust God, and you should, but only if you are certain God is telling you to do it. And you know what? If you know Without a doubt, and you have run it through all these questions I'm giving you today, that it is God calling you to this, then you disregard what I'm telling you about wisdom. But know that you are relying on him. And yes, you may go to this country with this illness, and God said to, but I think if God's done that, he will heal that illness by the time you land on the ground. God's message will be reasonable. But there is this obvious caveat. God knows the future. We don't. I certainly don't. So, yes, listen to God instead of me, but be sure you are hearing God. Sometimes God's directions seem unwise and unreasonable until we look back. I left law practice after only a couple of years. I had won five cases, five trials. My my practice was going well. Why would I leave, for goodness sakes? People said, why would you do this? I knew God was calling. Today, I believe that... Law school and law practice prepared me better for ministry than seminary did. I would not have gone to law school had I known I was going to end up here. So God didn't tell me. He let me take the path I thought I was on. But it prepared me in some ways that seminary couldn't or wouldn't. So when you think you have a leading from God, ask, is this wise? Is it reasonable? Does it make sense? Is the message I received confirmed by godly people? Psalm 37. The godly offer good counsel. They teach right from wrong. Christianity is designed to be lived in community. I mean, we we project sermons, of course, I don't think you can fully live Christianity in isolation. People that are are ill and can't travel, they're not uh, mobile, we understand that and we serve them. But I don't think you can be or hear all God wants for you watching a television. Because we need each other. We actually help each other hear God. See, I don't know everything about God. There's some areas of him I know pretty well. But there's some areas of God and some experiences you've had with him that are different than mine. So only together can we get a fuller picture of who God really is. We need each other. And we help each other hear And we confirm the calling of God on our lives, on each other's lives. Hebrews 10, that's why it says, don't forsake assembling together. We should always seek the counsel of mature Christians before making any important decision. In fact, if you refuse to ask advice, what do you think it indicates? Yeah, you know it's not right. You know, that, you know that your choice is wrong if you won't ask anyone. Usually these advisors I'm alluding to are, are people who, yes, love you, but not who love you in a needy way that are scared of your rejection. People who love you sacrificially and love God more than they love you. Because if you love in a needy way, you will never be able to give difficult direction to someone. That's not love. That's more about you than it is about the person, that other person. Sometimes God will even speak to you through strangers. Another note we received. I've been feeling lost recently, specifically about the life choices I've been making, and if they are the correct ones for me, being that they resulted in me losing a dear friendship of mine. I had been praying and asking God for signs that my decisions were made with him in mind first and that I was on the path that he wanted me to be on. I prayed for about two weeks before I received my answer as clear as day. I decided one day that it would be good for me to get some sun so I wouldn't be as pasty white, LOL. (laughs) I was outside in a public area, just people watching and listening to music when a sweet woman suddenly approached me and she told me she'd been praying and asked God who she needed to talk to and what message had to be delivered. She then told me, knowing nothing about my recent life events, that God wanted me to know I was on his path and I needed to continue obeying him. As soon as she said that, I felt like I'd been filled completely with the Holy Spirit. I then told her what had been going on in my life and that I had been asking for a sign. And as soon as she delivered her message, I knew I could let go of the anxiety and fear I had been clinging to because God had spoken to me through her. Karen, if you're listening to this, thank you for being his messenger and faithful daughter. If an idea you have is from God, it will make sense to a person who knows him. So always ask, what do wise, mature Christians who love me and love God, say about this? Now, you may be saying, I don't know any of those people. but Because, I mean, if you just come on Sunday morning and this is your only contact here, you've got to develop some other relationships. You need to know some people. There are lots of godly people here. And, I mean, I've been so thrilled to to read the depth of people's faith as we've read about their hearing from God. And you say, well, how do I get started? Well, community groups are a good place. I mean, you can look at your program. There'll be two crash courses for leaders of new groups so that we can start many new groups in the fall. There are a few groups meeting through the summer, but all will start back in the fall. So maybe you ought to say, well, you know, I'd like to be in a group, but maybe I could even be a leader of a group. And also, you can see there's a men's summer cookout coming next week. So, those are steps you can take to, to develop some of these relationships with people who can help you hear God. We continue receiving the responses from people who have heard God, and you know where to send them. Have you heard God speak? What did he say? What re- resulted? You can send your responses. Continue, BrookwoodChurch.org, hearing God. As I said, please tell us, use this any way you want if you send it in. If you have sent one in early before I said to you that we wanted to publish them, I still put up this notice to contact Laura Cato, who's my assistant, and Brian's assistant, and just tell her you can describe what you sent in that you would like it not to be published, and we would certainly withdraw it. We will not expose people's names and all. We don't intend to do that. But... We will pull them out. Our care volunteers will be here. If you heard something today from, through me or from the Spirit, you want to talk with someone, you want to pray with someone, you'd like to be anointed with oil, then our volunteers will be here, and they'll also be in the care connection room. Father, I pray that you would speak. Speak loudly. Speak clearly so we wouldn't miss anything that you want us to hear. In Christ's name, we pray. Amen. Thank you for coming.
0: One way to show God's love to others is to pray for them. Each day this week, reach out to at least one person and ask them how you can pray for them. Spend time with God praying for them and their needs. Coming up in our next episode, we'll continue the series, Hearing God, with a message titled, Receiving God's Guidance. To prepare, read Exodus chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. We're grateful you joined us for the Brookwood Church Sunday Message podcast. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast. And if you like what you hear, leave a review so that others can discover how to have a transformed life in Christ. Thanks for joining us today, and we look forward to seeing you during our next episode.